You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 491 of Podcateers. This week, we are less than a month away from Disney Dreamlight Valley adding multiplayer, but we ask whether everyone will be able to use the function. We have an update on our speculation about Oogie Boogie's role in Nightmare Before Christmas, one of the remaining opening day attractions at California Adventure is closing, the Disney treasure is getting a Haunted Mansion lounge, and we wonder if Disney should open a full-blown Haunted Mansion hotel. The treehouse in Adventureland is finally open, we have some updates on the SAG after strike, and we top off the episode with great moments with Mr. Andrew covering facts about 2013 and 2014. We would love for you to join the conversation on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook, but we invite you to join us on Discord. Joining the community is super simple. Just head over to podcateers.com links and click on the Discord button to join our community. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like access to our happy hour calls when we get an opportunity to do those, additional content that we've uploaded to Patreon, discount codes for new Podcateers gear, random giveaways, and a special section of Discord just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. So that's going to wrap up the intro. It's time to jump into the episode. If this is your first time hanging out with us, we just want to say thanks. And we hope that you enjoy the episode and come back for more. But if you've been hanging with us for a while now, Welcome back, friends. Here is episode 491 of Podcateers. Uh, I'm going to have to text Gavin on this one. Yeah. I'm curious. <laughs> Not you brought it up. Like, now I'm curious to what Gavin says. Uh, so, hey, I'm preparing, or I've been preparing to to play Dreamlight Valley. You know, in December, we got the update coming up. I've already started setting aside some money so that I can get the update because I want Eternity Isle. I've, I've, I'm convinced that I, I'm getting this thing, right? Yeah. I enjoy the game enough that I need this update. And so I've been preparing by trying to finish as many tasks as possible, trying to clear up all the stuff that you normally would do, harvest the plants, feed the animals, all that stuff, right? I'm getting pretty close to finishing that up. And I'm pretty excited because they've, you know, we talked about it a couple of episodes ago that multiplayer is coming and that we're going to be able to visit people's islands and stuff. And something came to my attention that I had not thought about and I'm concerned about now Uh because... You know, if you're on an Xbox or PC or a Switch, actually, I don't know about the Switch, but I know that if you're on other platforms, you can log in and your same valley will carry over from platform to platform. But you can't do that on a PlayStation. There's some limitation and something going on. I'm not sure if it's with Sony or with Gameloft, 
where for companies to cross platform you have to pay additional fees or something like that i'm trying to wrap my head around it and i'm trying to figure out what exactly is happening because the bottom line seems to be right now that i may not be able to visit other people's islands or other people's valleys unless they're also playing on a playstation Mm. oh that stinks because you were looking for it i mean we were all looking forward to that and if you can't that no something's got to change before that because what if you only have access through playstation my point is like if you have a group of people who are who only have one specific platform that they could play on you're and they can't play fully that's you're it makes no sense why you would want your, you know, your customers to be unhappy. Hopefully yeah. they'll, they'll figure something out. I, I mean, it has to be something game loft related, right? Maybe. People are, people keep blaming Sony and I'm trying to put like two and two together here, but I'm coming to the conclusion that it's not Sony's fault And the reason I'm coming to that conclusion is because, you know, I've mentioned before that my kids play Fortnite and Mm -hmm. Fortnite, you log in using your Epic account. You don't log in with your console account like you log in through the Epic website like you have your own login and stuff. And if they log in on a PC with their Epic credentials all of their stuff that they've purchased, all of their characters, it's all there. If they were to go log in on an Xbox or a Switch or a PlayStation or, you know, they were at somebody's house and they wanted to use their character, they can log in on one of their consoles with their Epic credentials and all their stuff shows up. And because they've played on, they've had the opportunity to play on the Switch before and now on the PlayStation, I, I, it has to be a game loft account thing, right? Because if Epic can do it, why can't game loft do it with Dreamlight Valley? So I'm hoping that when the update comes in a couple of weeks, because it's December 5th is when the update is supposed to happen. Right. But I'm hoping something changes in that time that allows you to do this or they find a way to still visit other people's valleys, maybe like with a code where you're visiting, like, you know how in in Animal Crossing you use the dream code or the island code or whatever, and you could just kind of like visit them. Uh I hope that they do something similar where it's server-based so that you're essentially connecting to their server using your internet connection to visit their valleys or whatever because this is it's kind of ridiculous. Like, I understood... And I was okay. Like, I remember when I first moved from the Switch to the PlayStation, it was kind of jarring, right? Because I, felt I was starting from scratch and everything, which is why it was easy for me to just start another game. And then I just kind of played that one. And then, you know, I moved on from the other one. But I get the whole currency thing, the, the Moonstones, because each company has their own app store. But even then, I'm still confused because if you buy V-Bucks you're buying through Epic for Fortnite. No, there is one exception to that. If I remember correctly, if you buy them through the Switch, 
you cannot redeem them on any other platform. Like you have to use them. They'll event, they'll show up in your account. Like if once you redeem them, they will be part of your account. But you can't buy them on the Switch and redeem them on the PlayStation. Like it has to be redeemed on the console that you purchase them. I don't know. I'm a little aggravated at this because if I'm not able to visit your valleys as we've been planning, uh, I, it's throwing everything out the window. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like how we're going to get around it because I don't, I don't know. I'm sad more than anything. No, it makes me sad too. <laughs> it's like we want to play. <laughs> Let us play. And play together. Yeah. Play together. So more to come. I'll keep you posted on all of that as we find out more information. But I'm telling you, I was uh was a little sad when I found that out. Uh, hey, so I have a, a fun update for you. Several episodes ago, I asked the question, or we asked the question, what was Oogie Boogie's role in The Nightmare Before Christmas? And this question came up because I saw this TikTok video where this creator was asking that question, like, what was Oogie's role? Like, what was the relationship? So we started to speculate, and the conclusion that I came to was that Oogie Boogie and Jack Skellington were siblings. And at first, I know that's hard to believe, right? But where were you where you learned that Triton and Ursula were also siblings? So it's possible that that was the whole situation. I got an update uh, that I think (laughs) is going to surprise both of you. All right. Okay. I'm ready to be surprised. <laughs> well, I hope you're surprised. I don't know. If, um, I, I might be putting a little too much mustard on it, but I thought it was an interesting update and I wanted to share with both of you. <laughs> All right. So then. here's the deal. Uh, th- and I found this out a couple weeks ago, but you know, we were planning for the draft and all that stuff and I didn't really have an opportunity to tell you guys, but I wanted to tell you on the podcast. I didn't want to bring it up before that because I wanted to get both of your reactions as I told you this story. There was an article in Game Rant. Okay. And uh, it was written by, the author is, uh, I believe it's Aiden Keshet, if I'm saying that correctly. But the title is The Nightmare Before Christmas, The Battle for Pumpkin King Graphic Novel. So I'm just going to read from this article because I think it was well written. So uh, again, this is, I'm reading directly from the Game Rant article. So this is what it says. Um, Disney has not given up on continuing the story of The Nightmare Before Christmas off screen. The graphic novel Nightmare Before Christmas Battle for Pumpkin King is a prequel to the film that reveals a surprising story of how Jack Skellington won the title of Pumpkin King. The Nightmare Before Christmas follows Jack Skellington, the Pumpkin King of Halloween Town, as he plots to bring his vision of Christmas to life. Sparked by his discontent of doing the same thing year after year to celebrate Halloween, Jack stumbles upon a forest of doorways, and he goes on to explain the premise of The Nightmare Before Christmas. We all know that, so I'm going to skip forward in the article. Okay. Uh, In The Battle for Pumpkin King, it begins with an uphill race between Jack Skellington and his friend the villainous Oogie Boogie. Though this story is before Oogie dons a more villainous personality in order to paint a softer side of Oogie, they apparently shared a healthy life of rivalry together, whether racing or bobbing for rotted apples. This opening twist raises the question of how the former friends became enemies in the film. 
But first, there is a question regarding the identity of Pumpkin King before Jack. Edgar, a ghoulish, well-suited elder monster with a pumpkin for a head, was retiring his title with a secret ulterior motive. When he and the mayor pitched the idea of a competition pitting two of Halloween Town's best against each other for the title, both Jack and Oogie were nominated as forerunners to be the scariest in town. The one who won two out of three challenges would be hailed the new Pumpkin King. After Jack won the Pumpkin Collecting Challenge and Oogie won the Bone Tower Challenge, the last challenge was to carve a giant jack-o'-lantern to be judged by five townspeople. Up to this point, Oogie and Edgar had been working together to ensure his victory, and thus secretly ensuring Edgar stayed in control, pulling strings behind the scenes. Unfortunately for Edgar, their plan failed after Jack's jack-o'-lantern was judged the victor. Even in the midst of, of the battle with Oogie, Jack wanted to find a way to remain friends. Jack's kindness never ceased in the throes of battle, but Oogie had changed. Edgar wanted to prevent Jack Skellington from becoming the Pumpkin King for two reasons. The first, Oogie seemed easier to manipulate. The second reason, however, is why Oogie Boogie probably should have also won the title instead. In a world of trick-or-treat, Oogie Boogie was the candidate full of more tricks than treats. That's exactly what Edgar wanted for Halloween Town. He wanted to put the fear back into Halloween with fewer treats. As the film illustrates, Jack's version of Halloween is more festive than frightening. So there's more to this story. Again, this is on Game Rant. It was written by Aiden Keshet. I definitely recommend that you go read it. But it's so funny that this article... My buddy Ross actually sent me this article after we had talked about it in the episode. And I guess this is canon because this is... A Disney graphic novel. So when it comes to a pre... Like, we're not going to get... I don't know if we're going to get a prequel movie or not, but it seems likely if this story exists at some point, you know, that we'll get a prequel, probably a, a 3D version or... Uh, well, we'll, I don't think we'll get a 2D version. It'll probably be like a fully animated 3D version. But they're not siblings. <laughs> Sad to say they are not siblings, but... What Yay. do you think of this story? I was right. It was just villain time and that was it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. You were totally I right. I was valid. <laughs> you were um, totally vindicated on this one. Um, with Nightmare, I mean, this is a good way to make it a canon or make it into canon um, to give it a little bit more life and... If we need Sally, I mean, yes, we have Catherine O'Hara, but remember, we saw um, Baraka May. We had seen her perform as Sally, so hey, if it ever happens, there we go. We have someone there if we need to. <laughs> yeah, I. the The only problem I have with this is like. Uh, all right, the former pumpkin king, he's got a pumpkin he- head. His name is Edgar. I mean, I know what they're going for, like Edgar Allan Poe yes. or something, something, <laughs> something. But yeah. I don't know. Edgar doesn't really... Uh, strike fear? Strike fear into me. 
Uh, it reminds me of that that it went viral or whatever this past Halloween. That Target decoration of the like, like jack o' lantern man, and it's he goes like, "I am not a jack o' lantern. My name is Lewis." Did you see? I see that oh, video. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah, like, yeah I am okay. not a man. I am not a god. I am Lewis. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes, Lewis, the very scary name. Edgar, a very scary name. But all the rest of it, yeah, sure, whatever. Have a competition to be Pumpkin King. Like, I guess it's. And also, like, he was like, he's retiring as Pumpkin King, but it sounds like it's a forced retirement if he wants to be in charge still. I don't know. We'll okay. see. It's not my. I'm not going to read a book. Who, who do you think I am <laughs> Sorry. reading a book? No, I go got ahead. A, I got <laughs> it all excited because, um, okay, so the character we're hearing about, he's kind of like an instigator. So maybe this is a reach. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just going to throw it out there. So in Disney's Frankenweenie, there was a character by Edgar Gore. Edgar was the short little kid with the um, hunchback that was kind of like poking to get reactions from other kids and kind of playing the sides. Who's to say it can't be that kid or something or whatever. So if they wanted to connect and have more of a storyline, more of canon, I'm just throwing it out there. I know I don't make sense and I sound crazy, whatever's, but I'm just throwing it out there. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Andrew. I was like, no, you're fine. I was, <laughs> I was basically done. So I, so this is a uh, graphic novel, I guess, or comics or something. Hazen, is that right? Yeah. So they're graphic novels. So just okay. uh, before you continue, so, so here's the history. I did a quick search. The article that I read from, I actually had saved, and when I try to go back to it, I'm getting an error. Uh, so I can't access that specific article anymore. However. There was a follow-up article. The one that I was reading from was published like October 30th. But then mm-hmm. it looks like it was either taken down or renamed or something because there was a follow-up article on November 2nd by an author named Samantha King talking about the exact same story. I don't know what's happening there, but they're both talking about the same thing. However, there is a little more information in the second article where they talk about how this company named Tokyo Pop publishes a bunch of different like graphic novels and they have Disney manga. And one of the previous stories was back in 2018. It was a story called The Nightmare Before Christmas Zero's Journey. And apparently... Uh, this Tokyo Pop company, which I, I hadn't heard of, I you know this is the first I'm hearing of. But the more that I'm like diving into it right now, there's a bunch of Nightmare Before Christmas books out there. There's one called Mirror Moon, uh, or I guess there's a, it's a series of comics called Mirror Moon. Uh, there's another one called Long Live the Pumpkin Queen. There's also there's multiple zeros journey. These are multiple books. Yeah. So the reason that there's multiple is because it looks like it's a series of comics. The way that you would release like a a story over multiple weeks is how these were released as well. So now I I just want to find more about these. So anyway, 
Go go on. I'm sorry. I I also cut you off after. I don't think I. I don't. I don't think I have anything really else. I did find. Uh, I looked up Edgar on the Nightmare Before Christmas wiki or Wicca, the fandom page, and it and because I was like, why is he stepping down? He's being forced out. It says he doesn't wish to step down from his rule, believing that he's not old enough for it when he is forced to transfer his role as Pumpkin King. So that's. Uh, I guess some somebody's forcing him to leave, hmm. causing all the uh, ensuing turmoil. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I feel like we have a whole new fandom to explore, or a whole new side of the fandom to explore. I can't find. So the reason I started searching for it now was because I was wondering if it was canon or if it was. At least recognized by Disney, or just like canon. stories inspired by the yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas kind of thing. Because Star Wars kind of does this too, right? I know that Star Wars ultimately kind of has like all of the stories that they didn't make canon. They just called like the Legacy Collection or something like that. Um, yeah, and I don't know if this is the same thing where people are just writing these stories because they licensed the characters from Disney and it's just kind of like fan fiction gone to print or if Disney will acknowledge this at some point and say yeah this is the official story that we're going to go with going forward I'm going to guess it's the the former of this is just a story that was licensed because I'm looking through here and there's like Pirates of the Caribbean ones and there's uh like a bunch of like stitch ones and descendants tangled tinkerbell like beauty and the beast like there's there's tons and tons of like disney princess mashup something or another i don't know i don't know manga very well that's what it looks like all this is is i've plenty of friends that are uh were and are into to manga so it's not my not my cup of tea but it looks like there's also ones based on the tim burton alice in wonderland films hmm. going through this this list from tokyo pop um but <laughs> but yeah uh I, i'm gonna guess they're just hey you can use these characters to make a story if you want Oh, yeah, um, look at that. Oh, they got ahead. some Gravity Falls stuff in here. Oh, no, this is from Amphibia. The That's what I Soul. thought first. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Then I said Amphibia. I was going to bring it up, but then I saw it wasn't. Ah, these are cool. Yeah, if you're into manga at all, check out the Tokyo Pop website, especially if you're a Disney fan and like manga. They got a bunch of stuff on here. Pretty cool. Hey, there's a Toy Story one, too. Yeah, some of them look like they might be just like recreation of like like the, the redoing the story of the film. Yeah. There's also one Disney manga Donald Duck visits Japan. Interesting. Oh, that's cool. The Beauty and the Beast ones that they have, they have one called Bell's Tale and one called The Beast Tale. And when you put the two covers together, it creates the rose in the center. That's Ooh. cool. Based on the live action Beauty and the Beast. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, well, look at that beast face. Yeah, it does look like. Um, but it's also manga, so they could have. I mean, Belle doesn't look like Belle. In Disney's live action film, Beauty and the Beast. Okay, Belle, I stand corrected. 
All right. Well, again, if you like manga, you like Disney, check out Tokyo Pop. It's a cool new little way to explore these fandoms if you're interested. I just thought it was interesting that this uh, graphic novel was released just within a week or so of us talking about what Oogie's role was, you know, in the film. And now we get an answer again, whether it's canon or not is still up in the air. I know that between the answer of their siblings and this version, I'm sure Mel likes this version way more. But yes. I'm still sticking to my sibling <laughs> theory as canon. I Until I hear different from Disney, I'm sticking to the sibling theory. They can always ruin something else. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, before we continue, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad. Our podcast for godparents because it is their support via Patreon. That help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP for more information. On that page, you will find some of our top contributors, a link to our Patreon, some information on the FGP Squad. And being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like access to our happy hour calls whenever we have an opportunity to do those, additional content that we've uploaded to Patreon, Discount codes for new Podcateers gear whenever that's released. You get random things mailed to you, stickers or stuff that I test out. Uh, and it's usually cool stuff like mugs or shirts or, um, oh, you know what? We said we were going to give a mug away and I haven't given a mug away. Remind me after for this episode mm-hmm. later this week, we got to give a mug away somehow. So that's Will coming. Do. Yeah. All right. Anyway. If you want more information on the FGP squad, uh, again, podcateers.com slash FGP. And of course, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. We'll be happy to answer any questions you might have. And to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. What was the thing I came up with about the FGP squad? I don't remember anymore. Larry was here when I was, I said squad something. Squadcateers. Yeah. Squad Squadcateers. Somebody remembered it. Squadcateers. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> My brain, it don't work so good no more. Ah, neither does mine. I struggle, man. Squad. Uh, so, some changes coming to California Adventure. Uh, there's going to be some some heavy stuff that we're going to talk about in a bit. Uh, some confusing stuff, really. But the first that I wanted to talk about is the Beast Library inside the Animation Academy is closing at California Adventure. Andrew, do you want to talk about this? Sure. Yeah, I just come across a post this afternoon saying that it's closing December 11th. So December 10th will be the last day. Disney Imagination Campus will be moving in there. Um, Their current uh, home in California Adventure is in the former Blue Sky Cellar, according to some of the information out here. So it looks like they're... Moving into a larger area, uh, the Disney Imagination Campus seems to be, um, it's for, I think, performing arts um, students to come and learn and uh, and do things at, at the Disney Park. So it's like a good, good program they have going. Um, but yeah, the Beast Library will be gone. I wonder if that means something is going to be 
coming into the blue sky cellar. Maybe they'll just knock it down and turn it into more seating for the freaking uh, restaurant there or, or who knows what, but it's kind of like a, a sad thing to, uh, you know, see some of these like original things, you know, the few, few things that are left from the olden days of California adventure slowly, uh, go the way of the dodo. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I can say like, I don't really go in there. It's been a long time since I've been in there. It's not a very high capacity area. I mean, granted, a lot of people don't know about it that much. But the other thing is they kind of screwed the the flow of that whole area down there when they put in the frozen, the frozen meet and greet. Thing, yeah. Because you used to be able to go down the ramp and then you'd go through the, the work, Sorcerer's Workshop into Beast's library and then into the Ursula thing and then pop out so you didn't have to backtrack yourself. Now, you know, once once they replace that with a meet and greet, they uh, you, you just have to you go in and then you go out the same way you came in. Mm-hmm. So it kind of ruined people's flow going in and out of that attraction in the first place so it seems like i don't know the the rest of that is probably going to follow suit that uh i don't know uh, if the sorcerer's workshop is uh long for this world yeah so uh here's my understanding of what is happening with this uh the beast library they're getting rid of it to move the blue sky cellar into that area it isn't necessarily anything to teach. Uh, I know that the Imagination Campus and stuff is like a, a nice program. It's a good program to teach and stuff like that. But from my understanding of this, it is that they are moving the Blue Sky Cellar into this location so that you can see upcoming projects and stuff like that. And in the building that currently houses the Blue Sky Cellar, it is going to be a Disney Vacation Club thing to sell you Disney Vacation Club. Gotcha. See, the thing I read, the the one that I sent over, it says, Beast Library will no longer be available to guests starting December 11th, and Disney Imagination Campus will begin instruction in this space on mm. December 15th. As Disney announces more details on the new Disney Vacation Club Welcome Home Center. Okay. Uh, we look... So yeah, I the imagine yeah I, yeah I don't know it could just be they don't have anything like the blue sky cellar hasn't had anything in it in since what Cars Land was done basically pretty much yeah. during some of the oogie boogie bashes you could pick up your your badges and stuff there at one point there was some like I think they've opened that room as like a uh magic key thing at one point there's a couple different weird things that they've used that building for so it's not like it's been used much in the future in the in the time since the cars land has opened and stuff so i i don't know it seems who who knows i don't know this imagination campus i thought this was what I thought the Imagination Campus was was a lot of stuff in backstage buildings and stuff. They have these huge rehearsal halls and all this stuff backstage that I thought was part of this Imagination Campus. Maybe they're just outgrowing those things and they need them for they need more space. And they say, well, only like 20 people an hour come in here. So this is a good space to take 
but yeah, I mean, then again, there's a freaking uh, whole stage. What is it? What's the stage 14 or whatever? Yeah. The one where all the restaurants were. I mean, who and knows? That's... They're probably using that too. The Flynn's thing. They need to develop. Gets in, gets me into a bigger conversation of they need to develop more of those things. But anyway. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I hope that what you are reading is correct that there's actually going to be some kind of instructional value. But even then, unless they're going to move the frozen thing, it's hard for me to imagine them using the space for any type of instructional thing because of what you said when it comes to flow, right? It doesn't, just because they're removing the beast library and they're putting some instructional thing in there isn't going to make flow any better unless they get rid of something else or they expand another piece of that building. So that's what's a little confusing about this. Like the beast library. Yeah, there wasn't a lot going on, but it's an opening day attraction for DCA and there isn't a lot of that left, you know? So for them to get rid of that, I mean, it wasn't hurting anybody, right? Like, yeah. right. <laughs> like, why get rid of it? It's one of the like nicer, chill places you can go. It was great when it was hot, and you could just be in there for a little bit of yes. AC and just enjoy yep. the Beast Library. There's some magical moments in there. If you're a Beauty and the Beast fan, it was amazing being in there. If you weren't a Beauty and the Beast fan, it was amazing being in there. So it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. So I don't know. It just it seems like a really weird decision because again, unless they're gonna knock down other stuff, I don't see them using it for any type of instructional anything other than well, to I move mean, the blue sky cellar stuff in there. Well, so the like the Disney Imagination Campus is not something that's just for the general public. Like it's not for a Disney Parks guest to partake in so this room is just going to be closed to the public i looked up the disney imagination campus and the first thing that came up is it's like connect with us please complete this form below and a disney representative will contact you to help you plan a disney imagination campus trip for your student group of 10 or more also we invite you to sign up for our newsletter blah 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 so it's like a it's it's like a performing it's like school program like things that they they bring you to the park. So it looks like they're going to use this for like a small meeting room or something. I don't know. They just like take the take the 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 chairs out that they have in there and put some benches and tables. I don't know what they're going to do, but it's going to be whatever it ends up being. It's going to be not accessible to the public in, in the general park population, I guess from that's that's what i'm reading into it anyway which is sad either way either way the blue sky cellar building like you said there hasn't been really any new announcements and there hasn't been anything i mean there isn't anything that would have fit in that building anyway right because if you think back to d23 the models of toontown or galaxy's edge or anything for the new lens that we've seen are massive it's not these tiny models of things that they had of like paradise pier for instance or pixar pier when it was going to go through the reconstruction so if they use one of the stages in the back that's currently empty or that they emptied out from the merch as the new blue sky seller and they use the blue sky seller for these workshops that are meant to be for like 10 people. 
you could only get like 20 people inside of the blue sky cellar. It would have been perfect for something like that. Like why destroy the beast library? This is this is my guess as what's what's happening from what I'm gaining from these like eight sentences I've read. I think the blue sky cellar has been being used for these these meetings because they have those benches and a TV screen and all that stuff yeah. in there. I think they're because Disney Vacation Club is wanting a this welcome home center that the Disney uh, Imagination Campus is getting kicked out of the Blue Sky Cellar building. Like we don't know they're in there because it's not a, a public, a, you thing. know, a, a public thing. So yeah. they're getting kicked out of being able to use that, and so they go, "Well, where's another space that we can use that's being underutilized?" Okay, here's Beast Library or whatever. That's that's my read on the whole situation. Is v- Disney Vacation Club is kicking the imagination deal out, so they are finding a new home in in the animation building. So Disney, I don't know why you're not taking again. I'm going to bring it up. This may be just Gavin's episode. <laughs> <laughs> why don't they take his idea of a coffee shop? in there overlooking cars land you want to make more money there you go i mean we want they want to make more money obviously so take the idea and run we have it it's all there it's in an episode they could listen to it just saying (laughs) well what's probably going to happen is that's exactly going to happen be what the welcome center is but it's only going to be for disney vacation club members they'll definitely be making money yeah, yeah. yeah, and it won't be a coffee cup at a time. It's gonna be fist loads at a time. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Well, uh, I have to admit, I was a little sad when you sent us this text message that it was going away. Uh, you know, it. I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't visited in some time. But then again, I haven't visited the resort in some time. To also be fair, but. Yeah, it was one of those places where if it was super hot, you could just walk in, take a load off, just relax, enjoy the magic of the portrait changing, you know, the Mm -hmm. books and stuff. And I don't know. You're right, though. It did change when they brought the frozen meet and greet in there, but it didn't take the magic away. It was still a, a nice little space to be in. But I don't know. I guess we'll get more clarity once it's actually all happens and everything shifts around and stuff but uh to see another attraction from you know opening day of dca just go away kind of hurts so depressing yeah (laughs) it is anyway let's move on to something happier because uh also this was also in our text chain uh, and this happened a couple weeks ago. We just hadn't had an opportunity to talk about it. But the Disney treasure is getting a Haunted Mansion lounge. And yeah. I saw this video. Somebody talk about it because I'm just going to start squealing like a five-year-old. Yeah, it's uh, very cool. A They say lounge. It's a bar. I mean, the Disney Parks blog calls it a bar. So it's 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 kind of like the first... Haunted Mansion project outside a proper haunted mansion, which is kind of cool. Um, it seems to be there. It's got its own unique story, you know, pulling from elements of 
of Haunted Mansion lore and Haunted Mansion, you know, ideas that weren't used. So we have the sea captain as part of it. There's there's a like so from the video I can't really tell, but possibly like some kind of hologram or something of the sea captain. Um, there, there's a whole new sign called the, it's called the Haunted Mansion Parlor. Um, and the sign is inspired by a, a Rolly Crump drawing. Um, so it's going to be Haunted Mansion themed cocktails. There's going to be, uh, Haunted Mansion inspired merch that you can get in the, um, on the cruise ship only. Um, so yeah, it looks pretty stinking cool. And I have a feeling that this place is going to be, you know, they show this artwork and it's like, oh, it looks all nice and cozy and all this stuff. And it's just gonna be packed with people. It's going to be packed. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. I no, mean, it's going to so? be packed. packed. Oh yeah. It's going to be packed. It's haunted I mansion. Mean, I would have thought, yeah, but I would have thought it would have been like reservations because you want to bring hype to it. That's what I would have thought. Like it would have I mean, been the one good, ticket. Yeah. Or I should say, it's going to be full. Every seat's going to be full. Oh, yeah. Like, even if it's reserved, it's going to be full. So, Hayden, this is where I feel you on not wanting to fly. I am deathly scared to go on a cruise ship because of the water situation. Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. am scared. So, I will never experience this. And it makes me so sad. So, I get you. Yeah. So they should do a hurts. cruise where it doesn't go anywhere. It just, I would, it I would be okay with that. It's just a hotel. <laughs> like the Queen Mary, do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if the Queen Mary. Okay, so let me ask you this. So we saw the Galactic Star Cruiser fail, right? And mm-hmm. we could sit here and speculate, and I'm sure Disney's never going to give us a direct answer as to why it failed. I'm sure that there's a lot of cast members out there that may have a little more insight as to why it did. Uh, but who knows how much they're willing to say or when they'll be able to say it or anything like that, right? The point is the Galactic Star Cruiser failed. Do you think that if instead of a Galactic Star Cruiser hotel, and now I'm going to tie it in, so we haven't been able to talk about films in the last uh, for the last multiple amount of months, we haven't been able to talk about TV or anything because we were standing with the actors and the writers during their strikes. the The strikes are over, and we're going to get into that a little bit more in a moment. But for the intent and purpose of this conversation, I am going to use the fact that the strike has been called over to say the following: mm-hmm. in the Haunted Mansion movie the latest one that was released this year, there is a lot of things that are solidified as possibly canon now in the Haunted Mansion, according to the lore that we understood, that we speculated. And there are now a lot of things in that story that give each mansion a purpose. The mansion here in New Orleans Square at Disneyland proper and also the mansion that is at Disney World. Each one now has a story kind of tied to it that you can clearly understand where they go with certain characters. I may not agree with some of those decisions, but hey, it makes for a good story, right? And so with that said, I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. As a Haunted Mansion uh, fan, there were plenty of things in there, you know, that made me happy to see. 
and it and this is going to warrant a full conversation later. It's something that we haven't been able to do. We wanted to do it on Discord, but we were waiting for couple people on the team to watch it who weren't able to watch it until recently and so we never got an opportunity to see it needless to say that conversation is coming so if we if we were to have a property a, a building like the galactic star cruiser and it was rethemed to Haunted Mansion with all of the elements that we've learned in the film that incorporates things from both mansions. Do you think it would would have been much more successful to have a property like the Haunted Mansion than the story they were trying to tell on the Galactic Star Cruiser? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think generally people are more familiar with Haunted Mansion. I don't know too much about Star Wars and all the canon, everything. I just, I don't. Um, So I was kind of thrown off by it. And I think that's why I was kind of like, eh, you know, besides the price, that's obvious, but it wasn't, it wasn't grabbing my attention. So if they had something with Haunted Mansion, where's my credit card? I'll, we will go (laughs) road trip. We would go. That is something I'm, I wish they could do. Like, that or if we were man okay no 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 i'm I'm gonna go off on like what if what if what if what ifs and all this stuff and get excited for nothing but since we're talking about this tower of terror hotel just to live in that or not live in it but visit it and go inside and stay inside that'd be awesome too uh what if they did half and half i don't care i'll still go <laughs> i mean there's just so much that you could pull from that from both of them really yeah you know i think that they might have just not had a a feasible like business model in what they were trying to do here uh with the galactic star cruiser and you know as much as i want to say that you know the haunted mansion would do better i don't know if necessarily it would it might have lasted longer but I think generally it's the price point is is kind of the the stickler there. Um, I mean, if you think about it, like the the newer Star Wars movies, like what is it? The Force Awakens made like like was the highest grossing film of all time at one point or the second or whatever it was like the the people should know what it is. But the thing is, do people care about it? or want to live in that universe. So that that's kind of like the big question. I think it's 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 a almost unanswerable question because it's you know they they try and tie these things to how much things have made money versus like what people care about. And so I think generally to a parks going audience, which is I guess what you're trying to capture there, the Haunted Mansion should be a home run. But again, at the price point that they were marketing it, it it was just not feasible for, for most groups. And I have a feeling that just be, because of the scale and the how many people they had to pay to do it, you know, employees for and actors and all this stuff, that 
it was just, I think, too big of a scale and was just destined to fail. Now, if they took, like, a different approach and just had Haunted Mansion Hotel or whatever, then I think that would be, you know, booked out forever, you know, where it has a Haunted Mansion bar and restaurant inside and maybe, like, a Haunted Mansion escape room or a Haunted Mansion something, like, in this hotel. Like, all the amenities of a general hotel, but it looks like a creepy old hotel and blah, 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 probably would have gone a little like, you know, it would have been more feasible because it's still just like functioning hotel as opposed to like, we're trying to do this fully interactive theater experience for 1200 people over two days and all this stuff. It's, it's, I think it's a, a bigger question. I know I got really deep in on the weeds on this. Uh, I should have just said, yeah, but, but that <laughs> there's my, my full long answer. Well, you actually touched on a lot of things that I kind of felt right. Because I think you're right. I think the biggest, the, the biggest reason it failed, I think was, because of the price point because it was really pricey for just a couple of days at a time if it was just a hotel and you you know you charge a thousand dollars a night i know that people are gonna say well that's ridiculous who would pay a thousand dollars a night yo it's 894 dollars for one night at the grand californian so people are Mm -hmm. already paying those prices and if you have things like the Pixar Hotel or the Marvel Hotel or, you know, all of these hotels with these themed experiences, if you just made it, I had the same thought. If you just make it a standard hotel that happens to look like the lobby of the old Tower of Terror and the floors have the elements of the Haunted Mansion. You know, it's got the wallpaper. It's got it. the hallways look like the endless hallway. You know, you put some mirrors in the end to make them look endless. You, you add some portraits in the halls that, you know, have some Disney magic similar to the portals on the cruise ships, you know, where the ghosts look like they're walking by. Uh, the rooms have their own magic, just like at the Disneyland Hotel, where it looks like the room is haunted or something i i i truly believe that it would it would go beyond the experience of a haunted mansion fan and would just attract people that are into spooky things you know Mm -hmm. that love that haunted culture that love things like halloween horror nights but want to do something that you know maybe they're they have children that don't like halloween horror nights or you know the the thing at knots but They'd be more than willing to do like a Haunted Mansion hotel situation. As far as all the other experiences, yeah, having this type of bar that they're adding to the treasure inside of this hotel would be amazing. Yeah, it would it would it could be a whole restaurant that looks like the ballroom. You know, you have a ghost like Victor Guys playing music at the end of, you know, the room or something. And they can use the same technology that they have for the beast in Tokyo, you know, like that the spinning hologram thing that they have to make it look like a ghost is playing the organ. This there's so many things that they can do, right? On top of that, if you treat it like a full-blown hotel like you would in Vegas, I mean, think of like the hotels like the Luxor that have an in in property theater where they have a stage show that 
just belongs to the hotel. They could put together a whole Haunted Mansion show and just let it play in the hotel. Treat it like a Vegas hotel is what I'm saying. Forget about the whole theming and experience that they were trying to sell you on with the Galactic Star Cruiser and just make it a themed hotel with a spa and a a theater and a restaurant and a bar and all these experience, but make them all haunted mansion-y. Make them all in this nice Victorian-looking, you know, parlor, you know, these rooms that look lavish but have all these haunted elements to it. That hotel would kill, dude. Like, I'm using the term loosely. But, like, (laughs) it would be so popular and it would just it it would just crush the galactic star cruiser yep yeah definitely and it's 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 that thing that you know i i think this was something that like so, like on paper is a great idea the galactic star cruiser it's like yes this is an immersive experience it expands our story of of galaxy's edge and it does all this stuff and it ties right in and people that are going to they're going to want to do that and then do this and da 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 but they, I think they just miss the like you can't like I use this expression all the time, but uh, can't see the forest through the trees. Like they don't see that like people are coming to Disney World or a Disney parks on vacation, and they don't necessarily want to do like a bunch of work on their vacation and be like, okay, now I have to cosplay for two days and like get up at the middle of the night and do all this stuff and da 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 and where and then you can't even get a churro while you're on there and all this stuff and and it's it's you know for a vacationer it it may not be the right thing where if this was like a if if galactic star cruiser was a cruise ship in the ocean then i think they would have had a much they would have had a lot more success with it as a cruise a cruise ship with all these amenities than a cruise ship in on land that didn't go anywhere kind of thing i think that's just mostly people's mentality on when they go to disney world this is what they're going to do or if this was an experience that wasn't attached to disney world at all if it was just in some other location they're like hey we have this star wars experience in branson or something i don't know (laughs) then people will be like go out of their way because they go this is the thing i'm i'm going here to do this specific thing and that's what the the people that they need is they want they need the people that are the hardcore star wars fans that are there to do that specific thing and live the star wars story as they say and da 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 but it's not going to attract the people that are like, yeah, well, we came to Disney World for 10 days and, you know, we want to go to the pool and we want to go to the this and that and the other thing. And you can't really do that. I think it was it's just too much, too much interactivity for the general vacationer. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I think there's a good balance that you could have if you did just do a full blown Haunted Mansion hotel. Right. They're, Hotel they, is the right option. Yeah, but anyway, uh, I just I, I saw that bar that's coming to the treasure, and I thought, man, we need an experience like that, especially if it's like put on by Disney. And mm-hmm. I know that we're 
we're getting, you know, some some stuff. You know, they're they're redoing hotels, and we just got the Pixar hotel opening over here. But man, if that was a haunted mansion hotel, that'd be so much better. Mm-hmm. And if they're gonna do anything with the Galactic Star Cruiser building and everything that's there, just you know, just rebuild it, make it look like a giant foyer or something. I don't know. Retheme it, make it haunted mansion. <laughs> the pro- the problem with that building is it has no windows. That's fine. It's just like the stretching room, man. That's got no no windows and no doors, so it's all good. They, they, I know. I, I, what my guess is that building's just going to end up being like a office building or storage or something. They're gonna put giant doors and store a Main Street Electrical Parade in there. (laughs) Why not? (laughs) Plenty of room. All right. Well, I thought it was super fun that they were gonna be doing that on the Disney Wish. I wanted to bring that up. Get your thoughts on a possible Haunted Mansion Hotel one day. Imagineering, Disney, if you're listening, please take us up on that idea. You don't even have to break us off any. Just give us a couple nights and, uh, you know, let us enjoy the hotel once it's built. But Just, you know, it's called like the Haunted Mansion Hotel inspired by the attraction at Disneyland inspired by an idea by the Podcateers. <laughs> Episode 91 of Podcateers. 491 of Podcateers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We'll be on a plaque right outside. That that That's the really long title. Like that new treehouse is like long title. Yeah. <laughs> What's the new uh, treehouse? Because that's going to be opening soon, right? What What is the official title? It's, it, oh, it's open already. Oh, it, it is open. For uh, three days ago. Yeah, it's the Adventureland Treehouse inspired by... The f- inspired by Walt Disney's Swiss Family Robinson. Nice, Woo! nice. <laughs> and at any point, did they decide that they wanted to hide any SEA Easter eggs, or what do we know about the treehouse so far in the reopening? So, I've I've skimmed through some things, and it looks like the the you know the characters are like mom, dad, brother, sister, from what I can tell. And it looks like the sister has sent off for a SEA membership kit. So they, so they did like, include it? Yeah. So she's not like she's requesting membership to the SEA. So that there's like a, uh, like a, you know, like a welcome package or kind of thing in there. There's a couple little things. Oh. From what I saw. I have to, I have to do a deeper dive, but I did see some stuff like that. Oh, my damn. I listen. I just threw that out there because I thought, okay, we're getting another like Swiss Family Robinson thing, and I've I wanted them to include some SEA thing, so I just threw it out there, yeah. thinking like you were gonna say, no, it's just Swiss Family Robinson or it's Tarzan again. I didn't know they did that. That's amazing. Well, we knew something <laughs> was coming because in the artwork there was like an SEA logo, there was. like kind <laughs> of there's kind of hidden in there or whatever. But yeah, so it looks like that's what it what it is. There's some looks like there's some cool stuff in there. There's like a like an animatronic uh, emu or something, and there's there's a couple like cool little uh, machines in there. Look, looks really well done. Um, and the the sign is carved by a guy named Raymond uh, Kinman, I believe. He lives uh, locally near me. Um, he's probably like thirty minutes away from me. Um, he is carved. Uh, any anything that's like a carved wood sign at Disneyland is him. 
So like the Winnie the Pooh sign, the original Country Bear Jamboree sign, the Indiana Jones, um, the store, the Indiana Jones outpost um, sign, that's him. The, the, the bear holding the ketchup bottle outside of the hungry bear entrance. So it's kind of, he's kind of like a, you know, I've not met the guy or anything, and I don't think anybody thinks of it, but he's kind of like a local celebrity to me. I'm like, ah, that guy lives near me. It's kind of cool. And now his size at Disneyland. So, um, yeah, this is very cool. Man, now I want to learn more about the treehouse, especially if it officially has an SEA connection. Because, you know, there's. I thought there was just going to be a couple of Easter eggs, like the mm-hmm. like the the paddles or something that they have at tropical hideaway but it yeah. it feels like they are slowly bringing the sea more and more into disneyland uh with these with these reimaginings of of attractions so i'm this this change i'm excited about i like this change and i hope they made mm-hmm. it slightly wider so that when I finally get a chance to go back and I try to get into that treehouse, I don't feel like I'm going to break the little bridge or anything. <laughs> All right. That's that's fantastic news. Um, okay, so before we jump into great moments with Mr. Andrew to wrap up this episode, I did want to talk about the the strike because... We know that the writer's strike officially ended several weeks ago. The writers uh, got a really great deal, and I know that they were happy with it. And a few days ago, we got word that the actor's strike was officially over. Actually, it's been more than a few days at this point from the recording of this episode. And, you know, we were really excited. We were reposting it because... Again, one, we appreciate all of you listening because we decided to stand with the actors as they were striking because there was some stuff going on that just was not fair. And a lot of the content that we produce, you know, we talk about all these TV shows and all these films that we watch that we enjoy. And without the actors, without the writers, without the crews that put these things together, we wouldn't have the content to talk about, you know? So we wanted to stand by them as they were going through the strike process. And when we got the announcement that the strike was over, like many others, we were super happy because we thought we can finally get back to talking about all these things that we enjoy. While the strike is over, I know we talked about this with the writer's strike, there is a process in which the deal goes out to all of the members in the union. Everybody reads it through. I think it's a 17-page document that's currently available on the SAG website if you want to go read it. Uh, And then they all vote on it. And if it passes the vote, then it gets ratified and it becomes a new contract for whatever the terms of the the deal are, whatever the time frame is. In this case, it was supposed to be a new three-year deal that they were signing. However... This got a little complicated because you know that there was a lot of back and forth going with the AMPTP, with the studios, essentially, about what they wanted. They wanted to make sure that they had coverage for AI. And while it's a lot more complicated than I can get into, and 
really more than I can understand because I'm still trying to wrap my head around everything that was announced that's part of that deal. Again, it's like 17 pages, and there's a lot of uh, legal terms in there that I don't fully understand, and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I do. But here's here's what I I feel like I understand about this deal. Essentially, what's happening is that there is super vague language in there about what is considered an actor. I think for the writers, they specifically have the term human writer or human, you know, person or something creating so that it was an AI writing for them. And the actors wanted similar language in there because we know that one of the things that they were fighting for was that the studios wanted to scan their likeness, use AI versions of them in projects so that they didn't have to pay the actors. They were going to own their images in perpetuity and they could use them whenever they wanted for whatever projects they wanted. This new deal has super vague language that insinuates that the studios can use generative AI for actors and they have the right to ask them to get scans prior to the project and if they refuse to get the scans done then they may not get the job to begin with but then if they get the scans the studios would sit down and discuss according to the language that I understand and from what I'm kind of hearing about this is that the studios are supposed to sit down and have discussions about what they can and can't use, but they can still use it in this new deal. That's what it comes down to. So instead of having full-blown protections against it, it's super vague so that they can use it anyway. Now, here's the kicker. Uh, From what I understand, if the actors vote no on this new contract, which... Apparently, a lot of people didn't understand and just they heard people say it's a really good deal. We're getting everything we want, but they're not getting everything that they wanted. If from what again, from what I understand, if they refuse to to vote yes on this and they say no, they essentially go back to the old contract that they were working under. Because the strike is over, they've officially called an end to the strike. They go back to their old work terms under their old contract, and they can't go back to the renegotiation table. That's it. So they either sign this new contract, which doesn't have all of the protections or close to the protections that they were searching for to begin with, but they also can't go back to the negotiation table if they say no. And so I'm, to be honest, I'm still trying to understand all of it and wrap my head around it. I know that the strike is over, but I, I'm not sure if it's, if it's right to talk about that stuff just yet until we know what's going to happen. Because the whole point of the strike was to make sure that the actors and the people involved in these projects were getting paid well, that they were getting paid what they were due. And it doesn't seem like that's going to happen at this point, unless you're like an A-list celebrity. Like if you're like an A-list celebrity, it looks like you're going to get pretty much everything that you want. But the the ones living paycheck to paycheck, we talked about this several episodes ago that 
uh, or when the, the strike first started, that there's a lot of actors that are living paycheck to paycheck because the royalty checks are ridiculous, right? Especially with streaming. Right. And if none of that was solved, then it... I, I, I don't know where that puts us. I know that the that the initial thing is the strike is over. We could talk about whatever we want again. But it's a really weird place to be in when you know that something like that is over and you're you're almost back where you started is what it feels like. So I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around all of this. I think given that the strike is over, we might be a little bit more lenient and talk more about that stuff. Like I said, we do want to talk about the Haunted Mansion movie. It's a, a project that, you know, we were waiting for for a really long time and we didn't get a chance to talk about it when it was released. So trust me, there's there's plenty of things that we want to talk about. Uh, we have a list of all the things that we want to talk about that we didn't get a chance to. You know, there's that, there's Loki. I, at this point, I don't think any of us has seen it, but the Marvels was just released, you know. So trust me, there's plenty of projects out there that we can talk about. Uh, Secret Invasion, which was a thing that happened. Um, that that exists in the universe. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> Doctor Who is on Disney Plus now. They just charged me $140. But hey, Woo! you know, <laughs> uh, we, um, I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's going to take a little bit of uh, collecting our thoughts to figure out how to proceed with this because you know like like i said I, I i guess we can proceed because the strike is over but it it's hard man it's a hard pill to swallow to know that you were you know doing i don't know if we were doing our best or if we were necessarily involved outside of just standing in solidarity with them and doing our best not to talk about you know that content but just knowing what they went through to end up back where they are you know we'll we'll have more updates as we hear them i know that they're in the process uh of trying to ratify it they're going to be voting on it by the end of the week or something so more to come but uh regardless of where all of this ends up uh, i do want to say thank you again to everybody because when we decided to pivot and essentially just drop our regular content and figure out how to work around it you you stuck by us and we truly appreciate you sticking by us and uh joining this this fight with us and uh yeah again i guess we'll get more information uh once the contract is either declined or signed but you know from what i can tell it's not favorable you know for so for all the people singing the praises of this new contract if there's anybody out in the union that can leave a message or you know something that can clarify it again there's so much in that contract or the the 17 pages worth that i just don't understand that it makes it hard for me to give you uh, an accurate description of what's going to be involved but um yeah stay tuned more to come on that so uh, all right. I think it's time to start wrapping up the episode. Andrew, are you ready with some more great moments for us celebrating Disney's 100 Years of Wonder? I think I am. All right. So then without further ado, 
Here is the great Mr. Andrew with great moments with Mr. Andrew. That's right. It's the years 2013 and 2014. I have included some film and TV stuff back into this. Uh, It's a lot more work that uh, I forgot (laughs) (laughs) that there's a lot more stuff. Uh, So I just, you know, releases and things like that. So we will start in 2013. Films released in 2013. We have March 8th, Oz the Great and Powerful. May 3rd, Iron Man 3. June 21st, Monsters University. July 3rd, The Lone Ranger. August 9th, Planes. October 18th, The Fifth Estate. Uh, November 8th, Thor the Dark World. November 22nd, Delivery Man. November 27th, Frozen, and December 20th, Saving Mr. Banks. Uh, Shorts released that year were uh, January 8th, Captain Sparky versus the Flying Saucers. June 21st, The Blue Umbrella. August 9th, Croissant de Triomphe. And November 27th, Get a Horse. And in the Oscars year, uh, Disney won four Oscars. uh, Best Animated Feature for Brave. Best Production Design and Best Actor for the film Lincoln, and Best Animated Short for the film Paper Man. For TV in 2013, uh, uh, new this year, uh, shows premiering are January 11th, Sophia the First, June 3rd, The Fosters, June 28th, Mickey Mouse, July 7th, Marvel's Avengers Assemble, July 19th, Teen Beach Movie. August 16th, Phineas and Ferb, Mission Marvel. September 13th, Wander Over Yonder. September 15th, Live and Maddie. September 24th, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And November 28th, Lady Gaga and the Muppets Holiday Spectacular. I um, forgot also, that existed. Uh, it's a thing, apparently. <laughs> Look at this when you go through stuff. Stuff, stuff is a thing. Uh... <laughs> And on December 31st, SoapNet discontinues programming on all cable and satellite providers at 11.59 Eastern Standard Time. For video games in 2013, the releases are August 6th, Planes, August 13th, DuckTales Remastered, and Phineas and Ferb Quest for Cool Stuff. August 18th, Hazen's favorite, Disney Infinity. September 2nd, Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. September 10th, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 Remix. And September 12th, Where's My Water 2. Um, On November 26th, Disney's Infinity's uh, Frozen and Toy Story packs were released, and the second series of the Power Discs were released as well. For theme parks in 2013, uh, the Disneyland Resort continues its limited-time magic promotion, which includes limited-time-run events, including a Salute to the Golden Horseshoe Review, Long Lost Friends Week, Pirates Week, and the Dapper Dan Sing Boy Band. Uh, In January, Kodak sponsorship with Disney ends. In mid-February, Disneyland hosts the Hot Air Balloon, touring the U.S. in promotion of the Oz the Great and Powerful. On March 12th, the Fantasy Fair area opens in Fantasyland at Disneyland. Um, In April, the Market House closes to begin its transformation into Starbucks. On April 15th, Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Resort celebrate its 30th anniversary, dubbed the Happiest Year, which includes the Happiness is Here Parade and the Happiness Greeting on the Sea stage show. On April 12th, Disney's Animal Kingdom celebrates its 15th anniversary. On May 7th, Star Tours The Adventures Continues opens in Tomorrowland at Tokyo Disneyland. 
On May 17th, Mystic Point opens at Hong Kong Disneyland. In June, Walt Disney's Enchanted Tiki Room celebrates its 50th anniversary with special merchandise. On July 8th, Pandora, the world of Avatar at Animal Kingdom starts construction. In August, uh, the idol Mara at the Indiana Jones Adventure got a major upgrade and makeover with new projection effects, lighting, as well as a new voice track, which was not well accepted. (laughs) Uh, You Seek Treasure. It was uh, shortly changed after that. The new Market House finally opens in late September as Starbucks. On October 7th, the Court of Angels closes for good in relation to the Club 33 expansion. In November, Nikon and Disney announce a new partnership that will make Nikon the official camera sponsor of the domestic Disney theme parks, which will include the return of the in-picture or in-park picture spots, but uh, branded as Nikon instead of uh, which were formerly Kodak. Uh, And for the holiday season in Disneyland, the Jungle Cruise became the Jingle Cruise for the first time. And in California Adventure, World of Color Winter Dreams premieres, as well as uh, the premiere of Viva Navidad. For Disney Cruise in 2013, uh, from September 7th to October 10th, the Disney Magic cruise ship is in dry dock to add new features, including the Aqua Duck Waterslide, Aqua Lab, Nephew's Splash Zone, Marvel's Avengers Academy, Andy's Room, Pixie Hollow, Mickey Mouse Club, It's a Small World Nursery, D Lounge, Cabana's Restaurant, After Hours Nighttime Entertainment District, Fathom's Nightclub, Key's Piano Bar, and O'Gill's Pub. Other notable events of 2013. In February, Disney Imagineer Tony Baxter announces his retirement from the Walt Disney Imagineering uh, and stepped down from his position as Senior Vice President of Creative Development. On March 3rd, the Broadway production of Mary Poppins closes after a run of over six years. On May 11th, Merida joins the Disney Princess lineup officially with a coronation ceremony. Uh, From August 9th through 11th, the D23 Expo is held in Anaheim. And in September, the Walt Disney Company sells off the Baby Einstein's Company to Kids 2. Also this year, Disney regains the rights to the character King Louie following the death of Gia Maroni Prima, the widow of the original voice actor Louie Prima. Uh, From October 12th through the 14th, uh, the D23 Expo is held at Tokyo Disney Resort. And in December, on December 6th, actually, the Walt Disney Studios purchases the remaining distribution and marketing rights for the future Indiana Jones films from Paramount. While Paramount will continue to distribute the first four films for Disney and will receive financial participation from any additional films. Uh, The Disney Legends class of 2013 includes Tony Baxter, Colin Campbell, Dick Clark, Billy Crystal, John Goodman, Steve Jobs, Glenn Keane, and Ed Wynn. Uh, Notable deaths of 2013, we have April 8th, Annette Funicello, May 7th, Ray Harryhausen, November 19th, Diane Disney Miller, November 30th, Paul Walker, December 14th, Peter O'Toole, and December 31st, James Avery. That brings us to 2014. Uh, The films released in 2014 are February 21st, The Wind Rises, March 14th, Need for Speed, March 21st, Muppets Most Wanted, April 2nd, The Pirate Fairy, 
April 4th, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. April 18th, Disney Nature Bears. May 16th, Million Dollar Arm. May 30th, Maleficent. July 18th, Planes, Fire and Rescue. August 1st, Guardians of the Galaxy. October 10th, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. Uh, November 7th, Big Hero 6. December 12th, Tinkerbell and the Legend of the Never Beast. And December 25th, Into the Woods. Uh, shorts released that year are March 21st, Party Central. November 4th, Vita Mulch Air Spectacular. Vita? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Anyway, uh, November 7th, Feast. Uh, and at the Oscars that year, uh, Frozen wins Best Animated Feature and Best Original Song for Let It Go. For TV in 2014, uh, new this year, uh, premieres are January 17th, Cloud Nine and I Didn't Do It. January 20th, Sheriff Callie's Wild West. March 3rd, Win, Loser, Draw. March 9th, Resurrection. June 9th, Phineas and Ferb Save Summer. June 25th, Young and Hungry. June 27th, Zapped and Girl Meets World. July 7th, The 7D. July 26th, Phineas and Ferb Star Wars. August 15th, How to Build a Better Boy. Uh, October 3rd, Star Wars Rebel Spark of Rebellion. October 20th, Kirby Buckets. November 2nd, Benny and the Ghost. November 28th, Jesse's Aloha Holidays with Parker and Joey. December 2nd, Toy Story That Time Forgot. And December 24th, We Wish You a Merry Walrus. For video games in 2014, the releases are April 11th, Disney Magical World, June 19th, Star Wars Scene Maker, September 23rd, Disney Infinity 2.0, oh, September 19th, Disney Violetta Rhythm and Music, uh, October 21st, Fantasia Music Evolved, October 30th, Big Hero 6, Baymax Blast. November 3rd, Big Hero 6, Bot Fight. November 4th, Planes Fire and Rescue. Again, apparently. I don't know. Oh, no, that was Planes last time. Yeah, anyway, I'm getting all confused. December 2nd, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 Remix. Ooh. And December 11th, Marvel Contest of Champions. For theme parks in 2014, on January 4th, Celebrate a Dream Come True Parade has its final performance at the Magic Kingdom. And on, uh, let's see, on January 6th, Camp Mini Mickey closes at Disney's Animal Kingdom to make way for Pandora, the world of Avatar. But more importantly, on January 6th, 2014, Billy Hill and the Hillbillies perform their final time at Disneyland after performing there for over 26 years. On March 9th, the Festival of Fantasy Parade premieres at the Magic Kingdom. By mid-March, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad has finally emerged from its very lengthy 14-month refurbishment that included a total track replacement, rebuild of the little town of Rainbow Ridge, and an explosive new finale. On March 20th, Tokyo Disney Resort's uh, 30th uh, anniversary celebration ends. On May 1st, Disney's Hollywood Studios celebrates its 25th anniversary. And I think Melissa and I happened to we be there, there that day. We <laughs> were there that day. It just so happens. Uh, on May 28th, Seven Dwarves Mine Train officially opens in Fantasyland with Magic Kingdom. On May 31st, Mickey's Jammin' Jungle Parade has its final performance at Animal Kingdom. On June 1st, Disney's Typhoon, uh, Typhoon Lagoon celebrates its 25th anniversary. Also in June, Captain EO ceases playing at Disneyland. 
On June 13th, Winged Encounters, The Kingdom Takes Flight debuts at Animal Kingdom. On July 4th, Alice in Wonderland and Fantasyland at Disneyland reopens with new special effects and other enhancements. On July 10th, Ratatouille, La Adventure Totalement Toque de Remy, uh, I butchered that, whatever, opens in Toon Studios at, at Walt Disney Studios uh, Park in Paris. Uh, on July 18th, Club 33 at Disneyland reopens after a renovation and expansion. On August 30th, the American Idol Experience closes at Disney's Hollywood Studios. On September 22nd, Studio Backlot Tour closes in the streets of America at Disney's Hollywood Studios. On October 1st, Paint the Night Parade premieres at Hong Kong Disneyland. On October 5th, Maelstrom closes in Nor- the Norway Pavilion at Epcot to make way for Frozen Ever After. On November 2nd, Phineas and Ferb Rockin' uh, Rockin' Rollin' Dance Party has its final performance at Parad- in Paradise Pier at California Adventure. On November 6th, The Legend of Captain Jack Sparrow closes in the animation courtyard at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And also in December, the Disneyland measles outbreak begins. <laughs> <laughs> if you remember that from 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, other notable events of 2014. On February 26th, Aladdin begins uh, its Broadway previews at the New Amsterdam Theater in New York and officially opens on March 20th. On February 25th, Disney forms the Disney Movies Anywhere website uh, and platform for consumers to store their Disney digital film libraries. And on August 24th, Newsies plays its final performance on Broadway. And notable deaths of 2014, we have February 10th, Shirley Temple, April 6th, Mickey Rooney, April 29th, Bob Hoskins, August 11th, Robin Williams, and September 4th, Joan Rivers. So that has been great moments with me, Mr. Andrew, for the years 2013 and 2014 the end <laughs> right on you know you made me miss the 7d that was uh i like the 7d it was a contemporary version of the seven dwarves and uh it was it the animation style was very similar to like gravity falls and all that stuff so mm-hmm. now i need to seek the 7d i miss that show it was now funny. i guess you have to i have to I have to now all right, that's it. It's going to wrap up the episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything that we talked about in the episode. Uh, again, if you have more insight on the strike situation, I'd love to hear it. Please DM us or DM me. I would love to understand a little bit more about what's happening. We'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, our idea to repurpose or just replace or build whatever you want to do Imagineering just build a haunted mansion hotel we need it somewhere hopefully here in Anaheim why because I don't have to fly anywhere just make it happen here it'll it'll work out quite nicely have a bar a theater whole experience it'll work out just just make it happen happen. that's it Uh, until next time keep dreaming keep moving forward and always remember to pass on the magic Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. Part of the Podcateers Network.